through Exodus chapter 13. We'll start in verses 17, 18. And we've been teaching on helping others to fulfill God's purpose, purposes for their lives. And today we'll finish, we'll, we'll really continue with that and we'll probably have about two or three more messages on that. But next week, we're not going to teach on that. Next week, uh, please be sure to be at the Seventh-day Adventist Church and the directions have been given to you. Uh, it's the Lynchburg Seventh-day Adventist Church because we have two churches in Lynchburg, the Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, it's the one out uh, near the airport, past the airport, Sheik's turn left and right at, turn right on Joy Street. It's at the end of that street. So that's, that's where we'll be. And I'm looking forward to my mentor coming and being with us uh, again because he, I don't think he was here last year. Uh, so it's, it's a privilege to have him with us. So please come out and uh, support what we're doing in this new facility. Today we want to see what God looks for when he sends an individual family or an individual or, or, you know, like a church family from one place to another place. This is very important because as we look in Scripture, God gives, uh, he, he just gives these, these directions and he gives uh, wisdom and we need to glean from that wisdom as, as a, uh, for our own individual family. We need to glean from that, uh, the experiences for our church family. And you need to be able to teach that also and help people who are struggling in areas where they don't know what God is doing in their lives. God probably will not lead you in the way that you think is convenient. You know, he's probably not going to do that. So in order to receive eternal rewards... That's the title of the message today, Helping Others to Receive Eternal Rewards. And in order to receive eternal rewards, we need to understand that God is not going to do what probably I think he's going to do, how he thinks he's going to do it, when I think he's going to do it. He's not going to be all that. He, he, he doesn't do that. Let's look at it in, in Exodus 13. And this, of course, you know that the children of Israel, they are going out of Egypt. Uh, he's already sent the plagues and all those type of things and and um, uh, the Pharaoh finally let him go. And so now, in verse 17, we see some things happening. Now it came about when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, even though it was near. Now, if we were going out from Egypt, we would probably be thinking, Moses, you are taking us all around this place to get to this destination. Why are you doing that? And we, we start, you know, talking to the people that's with us and our family members. Where are we going? He said we're going this way. Why are we going all the way around here? God has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for your family. He has a purpose for this church. He has a purpose for every person. And he is not going to do it the convenient way, as we see here. For God said the people might change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. 
Now, we, of course, know that if God would have asked them, if I take you to the shortest route, because the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, if I take you that way, will you go back to Egypt or will you do what I asked you to do? Everybody would have said what? We will do what you said do. Lead us the best way, the quickest way. We don't want to be wandering all around the way just to get to this destination. He didn't ask them. Why didn't he ask them? Yeah, yeah. He, he knew that they would not uh, uh, do what he asked them to do. They'll see war. They want to turn back. And they'll go back to Egypt. Hence, God led the people around by the way of the wilderness to the Red Sea. And the sons of Israel went up in martial array from the land of Egypt. I said, you know, God, that's, that's really interesting. That's, that's one thing I need to know. And I believe you're telling all of us is that whatever God has told your family, whatever he's told you in your marriage, whatever, whatever he's told you in your individual life, know that it's not going to come about the convenient way. It's just not going to do it. But it's going to happen. Let's look at another uh, principle. God will never leave you nor forsake you, even to the end of time. He has not left you, even though things are not going the way you think they should go. He has not left you just because circumstances look like there's no way, there's no way this thing going to happen. God has not left. He's right there. But he has a purpose. He has a plan in mind. When he's doing that. Let's look at Exodus 13, 21 and 22. The Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them on the way and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light that they might travel by day and by night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. That's very important to know that he was with them. He was, he was with them at all times. Day, night, it doesn't matter. He was with them. It doesn't matter what they really did, really. Even though um, he wanted them to do one thing, they did something completely different a lot of times. They remember they complained. Uh, but God still led them. He did not leave them. He did not forsake them. So I want you to remember in the, in the worst times that you could ever go through, in the worst time that you're going through, remember that God is not going to leave you. He is with you. He's with you. Third one. What's the first one? He's not going to lead you conveniently. What's the second one? He's never going to leave you. The third one. I'm going to give you a test at the end. God has more purposes for more people than just your purposes and for you. Do you hear what I'm saying? In other words, even though I have prayed, I've asked, you've prayed, you've asked for, for many things, God is doing that. He's, he's orchestrating that if it's according to his will. But know that He's not dealing with just me or you. He's dealing with a multitude of people, a multitude of people. We think sometimes that it's all about us, that, well, you know, what I do doesn't affect anybody else. It does. It does. What you do affects everybody else. The children of Israel, what they did 
We are learning about it and we are reading about it even now. And that was many, 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 many years ago. But it mattered tremendously. What Moses did mattered. Everything he did, it mattered. What you do, it matters. It really does. God has purposes that you don't know about. The things that, uh, uh, you know, that's why you have to pray and hear from God. What I talked about last week, you need to understand that, that you know, like we, we brought Bernard up today. And I don't have a clue of what God's purposes are for Bernard uh, in, in the future. You know, Bernard can tell me some of the things that's on his heart. Uh, I knew a lot of things that's on my heart. You knew a lot of things that's on your heart. But a lot of times it didn't come to pass, you know. And a lot of times it did. So we don't know the purposes and plans all the time. We know what's in our heart. But what he's, what, what's going to happen to him is, is he's dealing with somebody other than Bernard. He's dealing maybe with us. He's dealing with somebody else. He's dealing with all sorts of people. And so that's what we can remember also. Let's, let's look at it in Exodus 14. Chapter, chapter 14, verse 1 through 4. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Tell the sons of Israel to turn back and camp before Paharoth, between my dog, my dog, and the sea. You shall camp in front of Bel Zephon, opposite it, by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the sons of Israel, they are wandering aimlessly in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. Thus, the Lord says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will chase after them, and I will be honored through Pharaoh, and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Now, if we were the children of Israel again, we're, we're standing here, we're wondering, now the Red Sea is here, we don't have any boats, how are we going to go across the thing? Moses, why are we camping here? Are we camping here because we need something to drink? Moses, why are we here? Then all of a sudden, they see Pharaoh and all his army marching. And they say, well, wait a minute. Something is wrong. You know, Moses, and you can read that in, in verse uh, 12 and, and on down over there. Moses, why have you brought us out of Egypt? Were there not enough graves in, in, in Egypt that you bring us out here to die? Moses, didn't we tell you to leave us alone? So they are now thinking that we were singing with tambourines. You know how, how, how when, when they're going out from Egypt, you know, and I know just in our mind's eye, we can see them. Oh, Pharaoh, he had to let us go. You know, oh, he was a fool. He tried, you know, now his, his, his firstborn dead, all this. Look at what he did. We are happy when you got Miriam with the tambourine. Everything is going on. They are singing. They are joyful. The ducks are flying. You know, the geese. Are, you know, they got all the, you know, they have the animals. They have a lot of animals. They, they're all going, having fun. But now, since their circumstance has changed, they don't realize that God has more in mind than just bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt, taking them into the promised land. He had in his mind, one of the things is that, I am going to get glory from Pharaoh. I need to put a, put a situation here 
where I'm going to kill all of them. I'm going to wipe them out so that all the world from now until Jesus come back, going to know that I am the Lord. See. Israel didn't know that. Is there some things in your life that you don't know that's happening? Is there something that, that you've been complaining about? Something that, you know, you say, well, why is this going on? Why, why, why this? Why that? Why that? You don't realize that God has more in mind than just you. More in mind than just your purpose. He's going to fulfill the purpose he has for you. He's going to fulfill the purpose he has for me. But he's also going to use you. He's going to use me to fulfill purposes of his desires. Because they're infinite. Where ours is finite. We don't understand. So we have three things now. Whenever your family is faced in situations you're praying, you have, have, have decisions to make, know that God is not going to answer you in a convenient way. He's not going to do things in a convenient way for you. Know that, you know, he's never going to leave you and he's not going to forsake you. Know that his purposes are far beyond the purposes he has just for you and your family or this church or any other church or this city or any other city. He has more in mind than that. He's dealing with a whole world. So therefore, know that God has ways that we need to know. Number four, God will test your trust in him in many ways. Many ways today we're going to talk about four. Many ways. Now we already know now, we see from the scripture that God is not going to lead us and not going to answer our prayers in such a convenient way. You may, you may go through fire and high water to get the answer to your prayer. Do you understand? But God is not going to leave you or forsake you. He has more in mind than just you and fulfilling the purpose he has for you. He's, he's dealing with a whole nation. He's dealing with a whole city. He's dealing with a whole other realm than just us. So if he's going to test us, God, what are you going to test us on if you're going to test us? We want to know about these tests before we come upon these tests. What are you after with this test? If I know what you're after, maybe I will be serious about the test. Do you know that when you're in school, you probably had some, some classes like this, that the teacher gave you tests, but they never did collect it. They never did hold you responsible for it. They just said, okay, I'm going to give you an open book test. I want you to take this test and bring it back. And then you brought it back. The teacher never said anything. I've done that. And I have students say, hey, Mr. Taylor. Didn't you give us a test to bring back when you're going to collect it? Have you ever done that? You haven't? I, I, I have. I, I did that. I did it. And, and uh, I said, well, look, that's good. I don't want it. I don't feel like grading it. You know? So <laughs> they said, man, you know, we spent up all this time doing this thing. So then, so the next time I give a test, guess what they're going to do? They're not going to take it serious. And they might not even do it at all. We need to know what God is after if we're going to be serious about tests. One thing. He's after our heart. He wants to, he wants us to know and he wants to know what's in our heart, whether we're going to obey him or not. 
let's look at it uh, in, let's look at some of the examples before we turn to another text. Let's look at Exodus 14 because we're already here. Now, test number one they had that they came to the Red Sea and they failed that test. How do you know they failed the test? You read it. I know you read it. How do you know they failed the test? You can know they failed the test because they complained. If God already told them, I'm taking you out of Egypt, taking you to the promised land, they get there and said, man, I can't believe you do that. Look at verse 12. Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt saying, leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in this wilderness. So what God is saying, I can't believe that. I can't believe that. I have, I've given them all these signs in Egypt. I've, I've turned, the, the, you know, the, 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 the water into to, to blood. I've, 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 you know, done all this stuff and they still don't believe me. God is saying to us, you will fail the test if when he tells you what he's going to do and then we turn around and murmur and complain about the situation we find ourselves in because he, he expects us to know that he's not going to lead us in a convenient way. He's expecting you to know that. And you'd know that because I've just told you, even if you hadn't read it. The second thing is that they got through that, they were excited. Oh, they were so excited. Look at verse 31 of, of chapter 14. They were so excited. You know, when you read this, you, you know, you can think that the Israelites, they were, they were sick. He says, sick, sick. They are sick, you know. But, but see, they, they're, they're no different than we are, really. When Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Now, why are they believing in the Lord and believing in his servant Moses now and not before? Only because of their circumstances. They're walking by sight. That's all. And not by trust or belief in the Lord. They are now past the Red Sea. They have now, you know, uh, God, God's already closed the Red Sea on uh, Pharaoh and all the army. And so they're excited now. Oh, I believe you, Lord. Oh, yes, I trust you. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and we can have a hallelujah party. But see, God knows that I got to discipline this group here because they need discipline. I got to whip them into shape so they'll be ready when they get into the promised land. Test number two was as soon as they look at verse 22. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Sur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Then they came to a place where the water was bitter, Mara. So the people grumbled at Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Now, that's a bad question to ask. Does the Lord know that you need food? Does the Lord know that you need something to drink? Does he know that you need clothes? Does he know that you need food? Does he know, Bernard, that you need uh, 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 tuition? He knows that. Then he knows everything about us, doesn't he? So now if he's already told us to do something and we turn around when we get to a, a rock and a hard place and we don't see it happening, 
He does not expect us to say, where's my tuition? Where's my food? Where's my, you know, this, where's my that? I thought you promised me this, Lord. No, he doesn't expect that because he's already told you. What he expects is for you to know it's not going to be convenient. And matter of fact, it's going to look real bad, you know. But I'm still there. I'm just testing you. That was test number two. Now, test number three was that, look at chapter 16, verse 1, down in the middle of that, it says, On the 15th day of the second month, after they they had departed from the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The sons of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the Lord's hand (laughs) in the land of Egypt. The same singing, the same old song. When we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. See, they, see, God had already given them something to drink. He's already turned the water, the bitter water, to uh, sweet. He's already opened the Red Sea. They, they don't get it. And that's why, you know, sometimes we look at them and say they are sick, sick. But see, I guarantee you, you can look back in your life, I guarantee you, we are all sick, sick when it comes to sometimes circumstance that's really bad. And we start wondering, God. Man, God, what are you going to do, God? God, I can't believe this is happening to me. You know, somebody, some, some people say this. When it rains, it pours. Never say that. Never say that, you know. You know, that, 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 you, know you don't want to say things like that, you know. And when they say that, they mean that when things start going bad, they get real bad, you know. No, it just looks real bad, but it's not really bad. You know, it's not really bad. Then he said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. The fourth test was, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you something to eat. Look at verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my instructions. Now, God was going to give them food, but he's going to give them food with some instructions, that those instructions are going to be tests. Do you realize that God... He gives us some things, then he then he'll tell us, look, but this is what I want you to do with this. And he's just testing us. Do you think he can do that with our finances? He says, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you this job and I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, just bless you here. And he's going to see what you're going to do with the finances. It's because he's already told us what to do, hasn't he? He's already told us what to do and he's going to see what you're going to do. What did the children of Israel do? What do sick, sick people do? You know, they don't follow the instructions, do they? What do they do? They go out and they get, they get bread, they get the manna, and he said, okay, don't let it stay all night, don't try to hoard the thing, you know, because, see, they're thinking, man, I better get this bread now. He says it's gonna come every day. I don't know where it's gonna come every day. I better get, get, get enough for tomorrow. You know? And see, when they got enough for tomorrow, see, what happens is it turns into worms and, and it gets so stinking, you know. And, oh, it was just terrible. It was terrible. Okay. So that, that's, that's, that's what happened to them. Do you believe that? That's what happened to them. 
Verse 28. Look at verse 28. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long do you, do you refuse to keep my instructions and my, and my commandments? Do you realize when God places somebody over you, whether, whether, uh, teens and young adults, whether it's your parents or whether, uh, it's your, um, uh, wives, whether it's your husband, whether in, in the families, whether it's the elders or whatever the situation may be, whether in, in, in the, in the city, it's the government, no matter what it is, he start, he started to talk. He started, hey, Adam, why did you do this? Where are you, Adam? Come on. Why did you do this? It's the woman you gave me. Everybody's pointing fingers. He always goes to the top. So he goes to Moses and tells Moses, Moses, why are you refusing to obey me? And, and, and you know what Moses is saying. He, he said, me? God, I didn't disobey you, man. I, I just took an omer full of, that's all I did. Moses, it's you. You're the reason why those people are not obe- obedient. No, God, they're your people. He said, no, they're your people. Now, that's, how, that's how God does it. That's why God tells you to, you know, try to work with your leaders, work with the, 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 the government, try to work with civil authorities, try to work with the parents, children, try to work with you know, um, those who are in authority over you because he's going to hold them responsible. So we have that God will test them. He will test them. Let's look at um, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and see what he says here. Because God is going to test us in which you know. All the commandments, verse 1, that I'm commanding you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. You shall remember all the way which your, the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether or not you're going to keep his commandments. You remember I said he's going to test us? And in the ways he's going to test us, he's going to test us on our heart and see we're going to uh, keep his commandments. Then it says that another thing, he's, reason why he's testing us, and, and we can look for that. He humbled you and let you, this is verse 3, be hungry. He fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you understand that man does not live by, finish it for me, bread alone. But man lives by every word that what? Proceeds out of the mouth of God. So God is going to test us in order to see whether we're going to walk by what he has said in his word, what he has said prophetically, what he has said to you. Uh, because he's saying here that don't you walk by your circumstances. You see, walk by what God has said to you. And when I say something, I'm going to keep it because God never lies. All we have to do is, is pray and say, God, have you said this? God, and get some confirmation. And we have our airline, uh, airplane landing principle. We have, uh, we also call it sometimes the harbor light principle. Uh, ways in which you can know that we are hearing from God the best as we know how to do. There's seven ways. I think I'm going to call Chad up to give those ways now. Well, it's okay. I won't do that. I won't do that. Jennifer's here. She'll hate me. She'll hate me if I do that. You will too, won't you? Yes. Okay. You can't hit me because you have to love me. That's, that's the word, you know. So we have that he's going he's gonna to 
check to see what our heart is, whether we're going to keep his commandments. He's going to see whether we're going to live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. Then he's going to discipline us. Oh, he's going to discipline us. Oh, he is going to discipline us. And you say, well, uh, God doesn't discipline about it. God disciplines us. Let's look at um, verse 4. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Thus you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you. He was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. So we have to know that God is going to test us to see what's in our heart, to see whether we're going to keep his commandments. He's going to test us to see whether we're going to walk by circumstances or whether we're going to walk by faith, trust in him. He's going, to, he's going to test us in order to discipline us. We need discipline. Now, discipline, I'm not talking about he's going to hit us, you know, uh, you know, over the head with a piece of wood. He's not, that's not the discipline I'm talking about. I'm talking about the discipline that any athletic team goes through, any athlete goes through when they're in training to, uh, like, Oh, uh, is it Michael Phelps that, that, that swam, you know, had, had all the gold medals and stuff like that in swimming? He had to train. He had to discipline himself. He just couldn't, you know, just eat five pizzas every day, you know, and think he's going to float. You know, he's not going to float. He's going to sink, you know. So we have to discipline ourselves for what God has called us to do. And God is disciplined the children of Israel. He's going to discipline us. Let's look at um, verse 15. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with his fire serpents and scorpions and a thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of Flint. In the wilderness, he fed you manna which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he may test you to do good for you in the end. And the last thing would be that God is going to test us to do us good in the end. If we don't get tests, we're not going to do good in the end because we are, you know, just like the children of Israel. And we look at them, we say they are sick. They are stubborn. They are stiff-necked. We call them all sorts of names because the Bible calls them that. And we say, well, you know, I'm glad I'm not like the Israelites, man. I'm glad that I'm, you know, uh, pliable with the Lord. I'm glad that I'm submissive, you know. And I would say probably you're like me. We probably still need sanctification, sanctifying. We need that process. We need the Holy Spirit working in our lives because we are not all that we appear to be. We're not. I hope you believe me. The last thing is that we need to learn the examples. Let's end in 1 Corinthians. Chapter 10. We must learn the examples that he has set for us. He's given all this great book, six or six of them, he's given us to learn that we might not have to go to the, through the school of hard, finish it for me. And some people, you know, uh, they tend to not believe because somebody else Tells them, I've already gone through that, don't do that. They tend not to believe it when they see somebody already been there, done that, got a t-shirt, and still, they'll still do it. God doesn't want us to be that way. He really doesn't. So he says that, verse 1, verse uh, chapter 10, 
For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that your, our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank of the same spiritual drink for they were drinking from the spiritual rock which followed them and the rock was Christ. So he's saying that all, every, every last one of them were the same. They went through the same thing. They did everything the same. He says, nevertheless, with most of them, God was not well pleased, for they were laid low in the wilderness. Now, these things happen as examples for us. They happen, they happen examples for who? For us. Why does God want to give us examples? So that we would not crave evil things as they also crave. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it was written, the people sat down and they ate and drank and they stood up and played. Nor let us act immorally as some of them did and 23,000 fell in one day. Nor let us try the Lord as some of them did and were destroyed by the serpents. Nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example and they are written for our instruction upon whom the Ends of the ages have come. I don't want to go through the school of hard knocks. You know, every mistake I've made, I don't want to make the same stupid mistake again. You know, I don't want to keep making mistakes. I'd rather to watch somebody else make a mistake and, <laughs> and then say, oh, oh, I'm not going to go that way. You know, it takes a fool really to see, you know, to, to, to be driving down the street and all of a sudden you don't see the car no more. It disappears. No heel, no nothing. It disappears. Then the next one in front of you, it goes down. And it takes a fool to keep driving and keep riding. So I want to see where they went. You know, now that's crazy. You see, I'd rather, I'd rather park that car and, and get out and go and peep over there and see where they went. I don't want to keep driving because bridges do collapse, you know, and I don't want to be one of the ones that drive right on over the cliff. I don't want to be one of the ones that keep doing the same thing that, that people say. And, and you teens and young people, you need to get around older people who've been living longer than you have because every last one of us got knots on our heads. You know, I'm serious. Every last one of them because we've made mistakes, stupid mistakes that we shouldn't have made. And all you have to do is get around us and start asking questions and start trying to pull from the well of wisdom that older people have because they'll say, uh-uh, no, 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 don't do that. Already done it. I've been there. It's not healthy for you. See, that's what you need to do. You see? And so the, and now do you hear what I'm saying now? Okay, that, that's, that's, that's the word of God. So we are called on this day, the last day that we'll be in this building. And many people have said many things, you know? Uh, some people have said many things, you know? Uh, Good, bad, indifferent, whatever the situation may be. Some people wonder, well, why in the world, you know, I can't believe it. I can't believe that why in the world we have to leave this place where we fix it up and spend over $150,000 fixing this thing up. Why would God take us, take us out of this thing? We probably miss God. You know, the children of Israel could have said that when they were by the Red Sea. It's, it doesn't take an airplane uh, pilot to see, man, hey, the Red Sea is here, Pharaoh's here. Somebody missed it. And it won't us, you know. Moses, you the one, you know. See, you don't have to, you don't, you don't have to do that because see, God has purposes and He's not going to make things convenient for you. All the gold, all the silver is His anyway, and the cattle on a thousand hills. Is that correct? So therefore, what's one hundred fifty thousand dollars to Him? 
if he wants to do something different in our lives. He doesn't want to make it so convenient. It costs us dearly. It costs us dearly, you know. And if I would have known, and the elders would have known, that Walmart was going, they're going to put us out in two years, we wouldn't have spent all the money. But we didn't know. We did not know. So, obviously, God is up to something. And I count it a privilege for you to be already sitting here knowing that God has already done something because it's history now. It, 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 you know, because we, so we said so we're coming here and we're going to grow enough till we can build our own place. Well, that's my thoughts, you know. And I, and I thought, and, and it, it, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? It sounds intelligent, doesn't it? Come on, say yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, because obviously you want to grow before you build. But see, God doesn't, do, it's more convenient that way. It is. It's more convenient to have, have five, seven hundred people and then build a 10,000 square foot building. You have plenty of money, you don't have to worry about it. It's convenient. It's very inconvenient. I mean, I mean, it's inconvenient. They have to leave here, they go to the Seventh-day Adventist church and, and sit in pews, smaller congregation of size. Man, you have to sit in the thing and you got to sit there until they build your building. But see, we can think that way or we can say, we rejoice in the Lord because he has, he has done great things. He has, he has already given us a building, you know? I mean, how many of you have been in a, in a church that's been there longer than, than one year? See, I've been here over 20 years, so, so I've been here and we have never built a building. Cornerstone, when it, when it, when it well, first was formed uh, with some families, it was called Faith Christian Fellowship, they never did build a building. They could have, but they didn't. Didn't build a building. So this is the first building that, that Cornerstone has ever built. We are a part of it. You are a part of it. And your children are going to be a part of it. And that's the exciting part is that, that we have land enough so, so that we can grow and then we can, we can stretch that thing out and have a 26,000 uh, 26, square foot building with indoor play area, all that kind of stuff. It can, it can be done there. And God did that, gave us land. We signed for it um, on, I think, Wednesday. We, we close on, on, on the land. They're going to break ground in January. And I tell you, I don't see how God did it. I really don't. I didn't think he was going to do it. I was, I was praying, God, you got to do something. You know, God, don't let us leave this place. We don't have anywhere to go. God, you know, who's going to give us money? We got turned down by many, many banks. And, and so uh, we had two people who said they loaned us money, Ox and then uh, First National. And so we went with First National. And I said, well, God, you are so good. It's just like you at the last minute. I mean, it was the last minute. He showed up and gave us a thing. The man called me, a gentleman. He said, hey, you got it, brother. We're going to build your building, and, and, and you don't even worry about it. I'm excited about that. So when we go out, we're going out with joy. We're going out with joy, not because of what we see, because, but, but because we know what God has said. God gave us prophetic words, and he said, you know, facility, facility, facility. You know, that's what he said. He prayed over us. I mean, and I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, hey, uh, where, where is Brian? Brian, you got enough wind, brother, to blow this so far, you know? You know, because we, 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 we are ready to celebrate. And I tell you, we are going to play. I don't know what God had. I don't know why we're going to the Seventh-day Adventist and, and not, you know, uh, other places. I know some of the logistics as far as uh, what you can see, but I really don't know what God has for us. Um, I really don't know what pl- purpose and plans he has for other people that we are, we are going to be around. But I say that I'm reading, I'm studying, and God is, and I'm praying, and God is saying that, hey, it's not going to be convenient for you. 
but I have purposes for you. I'm never going to leave you. And those purposes are going to be for somebody else other than you and that I'm going to test you. And I'm up for tests. I'm up for tests. Because if you're not up for it, you're going to get tested anyway. You can get tested anyway. So you might as well be up for it. So let's stand up. Praise God. Are you ready to pass your test? You know? Well, let me, let me ask you again, but see, see, because some of you didn't, haven't gotten it yet. I don't want to teach this message again now. God is going to test you anyway. You might as well be up for it, and you, all, all, you, you know the answers to the questions. I've already given you the answers to the test. Haven't I? The answer is that you're going to obey God. You know it's not going to be convenient. You know he's going to be with you. You know he's going to test you. And you know that his more purposes for, for other people other than just you. You know that, that he's going to give you instructions, that, that he's going to see whether you're going to obey what he says or not. He's going to give you instructions like, don't chew gum, you know. Come on, come on, you know. Somebody, somebody, don't you, don't, don't you come in that congregation, you know, uh, with gum and you're trying to hide it, you know, and then put it on the pew because, see, they're going to put us out. I don't want them putting us out over some chewing gum, you know. I really don't. And I know some of you, you know, you want to, man, I got to have my coffee, you know, man, I got to have my Starbucks, and, you know, nobody going to see me, you know, I have it in, in this thing, uh, and it's covered up. They, they think it's water. No drinking, period. Okay? No drinking. And if some of you, in which I know some of you, uh, smoke more than one, a lot of you smoke, okay, not a lot, but some of you smoke, uh, don't smoke on the premises. Okay? Because he, he already told me, if you're smoking on this premises, hey, I'm gonna tell you, the, the board gonna put y'all out. Okay? He's giving us instructions. And so, don't be like Israel say, hey, hey, you know, we're gonna keep a little bit back, you know, we're gonna just hide, you know. No, no, no. Don't hide, don't go in the bathroom, you know, cause it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work, okay? It's not gonna work. We're going out with joy. Uh, Lord, you said the day was what day for the Jewish nation? Feast of trumpets, okay? And we're gonna, we're gonna blow the trumpet in Zion. You know, we're the spiritual Israel anyway. We're gonna blow the trumpet in Zion. And this, and when we hear the sound, this is the sound of we're going out. But we're not going out just to be going out. We're not gonna be like the Israel going out, you know. We're not gonna be like them because they went out with stipulations. You know how you get married? With stipulations. You know? You know? Yes, death do us part as long as you do what I ask you to do. No. You know? Is this all for God? You know? 100% for God. It's not no 50-50 deal in marriage. Okay? So we're going all for God, Brian. Now I'll give you enough time to, to get your breath, brother. Are you ready? Okay. When you hear the sound, I want you to shout because we're going out. Okay? Glory! 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 Out, out, out.